This episode of Nerd Cognito is brought to you by Big Geek Emporium. You know the Emporium. It is the first stop that you should go to for all of your tabletop gaming download needs. The Emporium's an amazing place run by some really great guys that care about the hobby and the creators that are independently churning out their blood, sweat, and ideas. And to help support the creators, the Emporium's the one place that gives their creators a bigger cut. So go to BigGeekEmporium.com, spend that same dollar that you were going to drive through somewhere else, and download something great, new, and exciting for your table. You're not only supporting a wonderful small business in the Emporium, but you're supporting the creators because they get a bigger piece of the pie. Uh, after you're done shopping at BigGeekEmporium.com, make sure to swing over to YouTube and give a subscribe to the Biggest Geekest podcast. They are fantastic folks that are right in our vein of thinking and support the folks that matter. So Big Geek Emporium and Biggest Geekest, two stops for you. Now, on with the show. Nerd Cognito. Ah, another week, another week, and another episode of Nerd Cognito. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in. My name is Ryan David, and I am joined, as always, by my good friend Bert. Hey, Bert! Hey, Ryan. How's it going? Uh, it's been a busy week, but, uh, you know, the chaos is starting to, to settle. The dust is lying on the furniture, and things are going back to normal. We'll talk about that on the front end of the show. Personally, it's been a pretty good week, you know. Uh, things just chugging along. Uh, February is is coming through to douse the flames that were January. Yeah, I mean, it seems like things are starting to calm down i can't tell yet if that's a good thing or a bad thing oh it's a thing <laughs> it's a thing i've been a busy monkey this week i've been uh popping up oh god on on youtube of all places this week um hopping into some friends of the show and friends in general streams and doing everything from talking about more nerdy stuff to actually uh sitting down and playing some Online role-playing, question mark? <sighs> oh, you hate online role-playing. I do, I do. But, you know, it, it's still theater of the mind. It's great folks. Uh, and in Grim Jim's case, there's an ocean between us. So it's like I always say, you know, online has its place, but you still have to have your table. Anyway, it was, it was good fun. We were... Uh, Playing Scarlet Heroes uh, with uh, Jim and the T-shirted historian, and uh, it's uh, brutal but fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've heard a lot about that system, but I've never gotten a chance to sort of fool around with it. I've seen some of the stuff, of course, but uh, how did you like it? I thought it was very, very streamlined. You know, I'd read the system, but going in even with virgin eyes and not having any exposure to how the system works, it's brilliantly simple, but still deep enough that it, it hits all the right notes. The thing that I loved about the system is it scales wonderfully. People were probably listening and saying, well, you, you did a, a three-person session? Yeah, we did a three-person session. Uh, T-shirted historian uh, was the GM, and 
and uh, Grim Jim and I were the players, and that system works very, very well for a small player count. And I think that that is part and parcel of how well the session went. So I'm, I'm looking forward to continuing my journey as the cleric that, when I created the art for him, does not look dissimilar to one Donald Pleasantspert. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, sh- I should send you <laughs> this picture, uh, and I sent it to the ladies. They already posted it on Twitter, so if you're following the ladies on Twitter, at NerdCognito, just look up the post. Um, it- it's It's beautiful and delightful, and... Although I don't sound, I sound like a strange sort of old man. It's kind of like my old man voice, but not as over the top, you know? I I, I look strikingly like uh, an aged Donald Pleasance. <laughs> Quite a bit, actually. I can see it. Um, but uh, no, it was, it was a fun time, you know? Level one, level two character. Did what you would expect, you know? Slayed four ogres. And uh, then back-to-back, without a day's rest in between, went and took out a shit vampire. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, she was... uh, Her lair was in the dumping grounds for the town's waste. So, uh, it was a fun time. Fun time. Looking forward to possibly sitting down with those guys again. And then next week, uh, Jim's going to be running something completely different. But uh, our Scarlet Heroes adventure certainly has not come to an end just quite yet. And it's, it's, it's so flexible. People can pop in and out of it, too. So you never know who's going to show up. Right. I saw part of the stream, and uh, I heard him say that, you know, every time they've played so far, they've had new players. Yeah, yeah. They've had a handful of different sessions and a handful of new players every time. And it's worked out quite well. So, but none of them look like the dawn. <laughs> it really is a great photo. <laughs> oh, what'd you do this week in gaming? I played some board games Friday night. Yes, we did play some board games Friday night. Did uh, some online gaming earlier in the week. Just some fate stuff, nothing. See, I can't Most- bust your balls about online gaming, but I can bust your balls about fate. <laughs> come on birds come on those people hate us <laughs> you know those people they hate us oh anyway i mean, I mean maybe you <laughs> any crazy gonzo characters in your fate world no no i'm well i'm actually i'm playing a cia contract specialist in fate right now so. ah modern fate right doing uh Sort of an alternate history, modern fate. Yeah, and and we had a good time. You alluded to it Friday night. We uh, sat down at the Nerd Cognito table and played uh, My Father's Work, the board game, which we're going to completely run down and review after the news. I have to be sparing with how often I say My Father's Work because my wallet cries every time it thinks back to me ordering it. But, uh, <laughs> uh, now, did you actually kickstart it or did you buy it after the kickstart? I bought it post-kickstarter. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, it fell through the cracks. It was on my list for kickstarting and 
I was very anti Kickstarter about a year ago. Um, right, I remember. You remember, so uh, yeah, I, I I said if it's any good, I'll pick it up. What's it going to cost me? A couple of bucks extra, and that's it. Cost me a couple of bucks extra. Uh, nonetheless, I think we had a good time, and uh, we'll talk about it in detail on the flip side of the news. Absolutely. But what would the world be without taking a look at the state of the hobby right now? And uh, we talked a little bit about it in the open, just generically, as mm-hmm. life settling down. But the the dust is starting to clear now that Wizards has, I guess you could say, put to rest the uh, OGL situation? Question mark? Have they? Um, we still don't know. I do know that We've talked about it a lot, so just for some shits and giggles, and because there's no real movement in the state of the hobby on the official end, the, all the movement was in the the fan ends, and we saw some folks starting to fall back into line last week, and man, this week, I'm telling you, philosophical differences aside with the the sparkly ones you know they're my favorites i love them dearly uh, that's 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 not their music there it is <laughs> um i do love them dearly i love to make fun of them i love to laugh uh, they are the embodiment of pretty much everything that i think is just horrible in the hobby today uh but they were showing signs of possible salvage because they were just as rallied about all of this stuff as we were. They, they saw it for what it was. And with the exception of a couple of just dyed-in-the-wool shills, they were generally not happy with the situation. Then, now, it's like... A Wizards of the Coast Hasbro dream come true. Everyone's back right where they started, and that particular segment seems to have forgotten about anything that is, you know, critical or bad or dangerous for the hobby. And it blows me away. I can't understand it, Bert. They're right I mean, back where we started. Oh, wizards can do no wrong. I mean, it is concerning. And the problem is, you know, I'm not saying, you know, burn the village and salt the earth. But when someone, you know, betrays your trust, you can't just, you know, turn back around and say, well, it's okay now. They said they were sorry. That's. Yeah. I mean, what, honey? You, you cucked me with three guys from the bar? Oh, oh, but you say it'll never happen again. Okay. Okay, it's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. I I just can't get where they're going backwards on this. I um, have been prodding the ladies on Twitter to very vocally not give up the D&D Be Gone hashtag and remind people that there has to be some accountability for that break of trust and they agree and are sort of rallying behind this. Oh, don't go get see the D&D movie, right? I think that's sure. a pretty standard and not insane thing to say. They right. screwed I mean, us. You know, don't support them. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, oh my goodness. There are... And again, it's so extreme, Bert, that on first glance, you question either the sanity or is this someone going for a laugh but not being able to deliver the punchline? Because there's some crazy stuff. And it's like one has to one-up the next, has to one-up the next, has to one-up the next. Now, you know, they think that St. Gary is racist, misogynist, homophobic, uh, misogynistic. Um, did I say that? I don't know. They, yeah. If it's an yeah. S, they apply it to Gygax, right? Well, they did apply it to Gygax. I'm going to read you a direct response to one of the Nerd Cognito tweets. Okay. <clears throat> let me let me see. I haven't I haven't pulled out the uh, Sparkle Troll voice for a while because we've been going on more serious matters. Here we go. Dingy Honor Among Thieves highlights the work of many people of color and LGBTQ actors and workers. It continues today the progressive work of Gary Gygax. And Lorraine Williams. Your boycott call is petty, selfish at this point, in the light of Hasbro's unselfish OGL changes that may help many. I didn't make that up. Hmm. Gygax well, is now progressive, and Lorraine Williams, the only contribution that she had to the hobby of note... Was the what the, the the Flash Gordon tabletop role playing game that came about mm, twenty five years too late to capitalize on that one? Or no, Buck Rogers, Buck Rogers, Flash Gordon. And Look, I, w I wanted it to. Flash Gordon would have been more relevant. I tried to give her <laughs> more credit. I mean, looking at their point, you know, do we want to support those actors, actresses, the people who worked on the film? Of course we do, but you have to take into account what their parent company is doing. A company can have the best people in the world working for them, but if the company's policies are, you know, broken, damaging, or, you know, a, a betrayal, then you, you can't, in good conscience, you know, keep eating their product. And guess what? When you want to look at this from the lens of, oh, you're taking money out of these people's pockets, no, you're not. With the exception of high-tier power actors that get a piece of the back end, the rest of the cast and the workers, they've already cashed their checks. That's part of the expense of the film. Um, yeah, I, I'm sorry. It's the same thing if... Let's, let's make a ridiculous, egregious parallel example, okay? Um, okay. I was going to do fast food, but I don't want to have the Chick-fil-A argument. So, um, okay. big box retailer. Okay. Think a sure. Walmart or a Target or something like that, right? So, okay. uh, sure. we'll call it X-Mart. X-Mart decides that they are going to do something just that no one can support, right? They are going to um, fund a neo-Nazi propaganda film and the world reacts. And then X-Mart says, oh, no, 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 no. 
we're, we're, that was just an internal memo. We were kicking around the idea of it. We're not really going to... No, 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 no. Everything is as it is. Come back to XSmart, buy some toilet paper. Uh, we are not going to fund that, period. That, that was just a mistake. We're going to continue with our brands and our everything and... Uh, Pretend you never heard that. We're sorry it was a lapse in judgment. I still don't see a lot of people walking through the doors of Xmart. This was equally egregious to the content creators and fans that play the content that was spawned from 1.0a. We can forgive. Okay, great. You said you're sorry. We accept your apology. We're not going to forget and we're always going to have to, you know, have our head on a swivel. If I were going to be publishing something, I'm still questioning whether 1.0a is a safe harbor. Or six months down the road, is it going to be pulled? A year down the road, is it going to be pulled? D&D Beyond launches. Is it going to be deauthorized? How can I trust that? How can I make my opinion known? Well, my opinion is you need to release it absolutely in the wild. Same thing you did with, with the SRD 5.1. Put it under Creative Commons. Remember, I said they could shut me up if, if they'd release OGL1A, that language, or very similar language under Creative Commons. That would be a strong... That would, that would put your money where your mouth is. But they didn't do that. They said, no, 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 no. We're just going to walk it back, and well, we're sorry. And people are like, yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm not okay with that, Bert. Well, I mean, your example's a little extreme, but I get your point. I mean, you know, the... Oh, I'm sorry. It, it's just strange. It's you got to get your toilet of, paper somewhere else. No X mark. <laughs> it's just a... It, it almost seems like a strange, like, if it was a celebrity that had made this mistake... You know, you would think that it would be, you know, cancel culture all day, but because it's a company that made the error, we're just, you know, walk it back and, you know, turn back the clock? I don't know. I, I, I cannot find a good reason other than the Sparkle Trolls are the Sparkle Trolls, and they're not playing the game or enjoying the hobby. They are living a lifestyle brand. And the concept of them disliking the pimp for their hoe is so foreign to them that they just have to fall 110% back in line and double down on it and say, no, <laughs> they did the right thing. They listened to like, hook, line, and sinker, man. I've gone fishing. I've told tales. I had a job that involved telling tales to earn my bread. I know what it's like to spin words. And that's all they did was spin words. And they're buying it. They're clapping their hands and nodding their heads and moving right along with it. This isn't a, a, a OSR versus Sparkle Troll or a right versus left. This is a culture versus another mentally unstable culture and i don't know maybe we are a culture wars podcast someone accused us of that too <laughs> i mean your metaphors are a little bit extreme no i mean for for me it, 
you know, it's not, this isn't something that's going to be fixed overnight. You know, I'm going to be keeping an eye on wizards and seeing, you know, it's, it's a wait and see right now. You know, I'm not going to invest my money, you know, where it's, it's obvious that I'm not wanted. You know what I mean? And that includes the movie. I'm sorry. Uh, the employees of Xmart, again, with my extreme example, are going to feel the pain of their employer, just like the employees from the movie, those that may have a back-end deal, potentially could feel the pain. And that's just the, the nature of the beast. That's the, the risk of business. I, I, it's mm. just... It's, it makes me want to go back into business. <laughs> because if it's that easy... Man, we could be legally picking pockets left and right. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. I'm being honest. I'm being honest. It's not news that I enjoy capitalism and earning money. If these people are just going to fall down to their knees, mouths gaping open like one of my favorite adult film stars, why not deliver the load? It's not news to me. It's not news to me. Uh, we got some news this week, Bert. Uh, let me uh, see what's on the docket this week. I guess we'll uh, start out with um, a corporate response to the whole debacle. Okay. Uh, I don't think anyone can deny that uh, politics aside, uh, the good folks, I use that term, in quotations, at Paizo, have certainly capitalized on the situation. And um, uh, they blew through nine months' worth of Pathfinder inventory in just shy of a month after this uh, D&D stuff. Uh, they, wow. They, they did all right. They did all right. The, their books literally flew off the shelves. And good for them, right? They saw a great business opportunity, and they took it. Um, right now, they've also partnered with one of our affiliates, the Humble Bundle, folks. And you can pick up a digital bundle of their core fantasy role-playing stuff for as little as 5 bucks. So if you don't have basic Pathfinder stuff, and you're willing to give them a go with your fingers crossed and hoping that the other hammer doesn't fall, uh, certainly go in the show notes right now and click on the link to uh, our friends at Humble Bundle. They are a great store where a portion of your purchase uh, benefits a charity. And uh, for as little as five bucks, uh, you can pick up the beginner's box. Uh, you can go to the second tier, which is like 15 bucks and add some extra content, um, uh, some extra monster manuals and, uh, uh, a character and ancestry guide, or you can go all in at the third tier for just 25 bucks and pick up a whole slew of things. Hmm. Um, so they they blew through their hard stock and they uh, partnered with our affiliate at Humble to to do this. So if you're looking for Pathfinder 2E stuffs, I think that the 
basic newcomers welcome kit, so to speak, for five bucks is a pretty safe investment. Uh, if you don't like it, it's five bucks. You can't even get a cup of coffee for five bucks. So. Yeah, I mean, as somebody who's been playing Pathfinder for several years, I mean, the you know that that's not a huge investment to make for something that you know you can use as an alternative. You know, until you decide whether or not you want to go back yeah. to D&D. Yeah, and, and 5 to 25 bucks is not a big ask. But hey. No, uh, not at all. Use our link. Give us a little taste. <laughs> what, can, <laughs> what can I say? Um, all right. So we've got some, some, some serious news now. Instead of just saying, God, we hope, Paizo, you do the right thing. And hey, use our link. Well, ping pong back over to the world of tabletop gaming, sort of, with a little bit of video game piss on top of it. Um, okay. Uh, people are looking for non-D&D stuff to play. We we gave a sure. bunch of our opinions on it on a previous episode. Sure, absolutely. Uh, one that we didn't talk about that is getting some buzz, which is surprising, and it caught me off guard, is the Dragon Age tabletop role-playing game. Oh, huh, um, that's not the one I thought you were going to mention. Okay. No, most people know about the, the video game series from BioWare. Right. Um, and I, I don't know, Dragon Age is kind of a love-it-or-hate-it sort of video game. Uh, there's not a lot of in-between. There was one that I distinctly remember playing through uh, the whole way, and I don't even remember which one it was, but I never really was drawn to the series, but it's curious that the the RPG from over a decade ago, released in 2010, is now getting a lot of online buzz for from, really? from folks that are not necessarily full-on, hard-on Sparkle Trolls, but are just looking for an alternative to D&D. Right, and I've seen a lot of those like popping up. I mean, I've always there was always companies like um, Mophidius who would get in, would take their system and reskin it with different intellectual properties, like they did, uh, or they're doing Fallout and things like that. But I don't remember the Dragon Age role playing game. It used uh, what they called the uh, third stunt system, right? Ah, uh, the stunt system. Okay. Um, and for those of you that don't know, it's right, um, right. you can roll doubles and spend stunt points to do sort of cool, beyond-the-norm sort of feats in, in the stunt system. I can't think of the, the other big thing. Like, that's that's the big gimmick, right? You, if right, you get right. doubles, you can, you can do something sweet. Um, so, and, and, and that's a, an interesting concept. It, it adds an element of like um, the dramatic, like you'd get out of like fate stunts and things like that without losing, you know, touch with all of that sort of math and calculation stuff too. So, right. So, you know, hey, you, middle roll, ground. you roll your 3d6 and I, I should say it's not a straight 3d6 roll. You're, you're really rolling 3d6 and then a, a separate d6. But you, you roll it all at once, and if you land doubles uh, on your two, I guess we can call them stat dice, or I don't mm -hmm. know, your two primary dice, um, okay. then you can perform a stunt 
based on the third die, and I don't remember if it was bottom to top or top to bottom, but based on the roll on the third die, that's how powerful the super cool stunt could be. Um, it's been a long time since I played anything that was um, similar to that. Uh, I remember right, when it right. came out that the, the system was different and got some chatter, but, you know, I, I found I find it very odd that now of all times... <laughs> <laughs> right, it's it's getting this resurgence, and I'm wondering if some of those damn filthy casuals. We love you, filthy casuals. Just don't go to the glittery side, and then we won't love you anymore. But if some of those filthy casuals went there just because it has dragon in the title, it's an interesting idea. You know, uh, you know, I I assume with if people are trying to move away from Dungeons and Dragons, you know, they're gonna search you know, what's like Dungeons and Dragons online. So if it has dungeon or dragon in the title, <laughs> there you go. It might pull it up. Hey, shout out to David Gwill. Dungeons and Delvers is definitely something that people should check out. Um, we, we liked it a lot. You can check out our review for that a couple episodes back before all of this madness, but yeah, dragon age, the role-playing game. Um, I'm curious. I, cause it's gotta all be new old stock. I'm, can't fathom them still printing that, right? Right. I mean, I, I'm curious myself. Like, is it, you know, people are just finding the books or are they, you know, it's got to be new old stock. I, as far as I know, that's not still in print. It is exactly what you expected. Big Bad Amazon is is sold out of the core rule book. Um, they do have the GM's kit still, which looks to be new old stock at a reasonable price. Core rulebook, not a reasonable price. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. Uh, hey, good for them. Uh, unfortunately, Absolutely. them is probably not seeing any dollars of this because with new old stock, that stuff's changed hands so many times. Who knows what's going on? Right, I mean, it could have been bought for pennies on the dollar, and yep. somebody's just trying to offload it. Yep, 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 and then somebody got lucky. Somebody got lucky, and now they can spit those core books out for almost 100 bucks a pop. Well, what's your sign, Bert? What's your sign? Um, generally, stop. Sometimes yield. Oh, come on. It's the 70s. I'm trying to take you home. Pisces. <laughs> Pisces. Pisces. Well, according to the Zodiac of S Street Fighter. <laughs> okay. Pisces is. You're not a Pisces. You're a Dulcine. <laughs> Ooh. What's funny is uh, that was my go-to guy from Street Fighter. Yeah. You know, Dalsim of the stretchy limbs and fireballs. Yes, indeed. Um, he's outwardly serious and stern. His pacifism and open heart make him compatible with the Zodiac's most sensitive. Oh, you're sensitive, Bert. <laughs> you're sensitive. God damn it, I'm going to buy you a pillow. Uh, <laughs> you asshole. Uh, you're often labeled the crybaby of the Street Fighters because you want to help everybody instead of causing harm. You're a deep thinker and you try to mend the world around you. But uh, everyone has some sort of advantage in 
you'll stretch to find what that advantage might be. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. So what's yours? Uh, I... I mean, you know what my birthday is. You should, you should know. You, you tell me if you think it fits. Uh, Balrog. <laughs> okay. I, I, I don't get it. Taurus is, is a Balrog. Right, right. Might not be the character that I want to relate to due to his short temper and sadistic streak, but uh, he has good traits. He just applies them towards evil. <laughs> grew up in poverty. He's a street smart, cunning, strong dude. Uh, I mean, at least you're not a Zangief. I would rather be wrestling bears than be Balrog. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Taurus is Balrog? Really? No. Ah, I'd rather just be the fucking bull. Um... <laughs> I'm, I'm looking through the rest of these uh, for the sake of those of you that are listening and playing the home game. Uh, Ares is Manat. Uh, Gemini is Karen. Cancer is Ryu. Leo is Ibuki. Virgo is Guile. Libra is Chun-Li. Scorpio is Canny. Sagittarius would be Ken. Capricorn is M. Bison. Oh, wow. And Aquarius would be Laura. So there you go. Those are the, oh. the, the Zodiac according to Street Fighter characters. Kicking over to the board game world. Do you remember... The Kickstarter Subterra. Um, vaguely, I, I remember the name, but I don't remember a lot about the project. It was a very ambitious sort of like game book, open world, tile laying, build the map hmm. while you play game. Okay. Uh, funded and did quite well. Uh. The Cave Crawler, crowdfunded, uh, almost $350,000, $400,000 on its first go. I'm converting from, from Great British Pounds. What up, Okay. Um, and then they released a sequel in 2021 that's crowdfunded almost as much uh, with 3,500 backers. And then Alba was the, the open world game book that also raised uh, close to 300k. Subterra 2 and Alba are yet to go to backers, and Subterra 2, we're talking back in 2021 was the funding. Uh, Alba, Ooh. also 2021. And now the company is getting blasted for not paying its staff and missing... Uh, we'll just call it pension match money <laughs> that staffers that have moved on to greener pastures uh, just never got to see a dime of. So doesn't so sound yeah, it doesn't sound good for anyone that backs Subterra Two or uh, Alba because so took the money to run and run. That's pretty much what it sounds like. 
Um, the Kickstarters are still up. They uh, don't have any updates, uh, but according to former folks on the interwebs, quote, ex-employee here, he still owes us missing pensions, wages, and redundancy. We're all out thousands. He's completely refused to communicate us. He shouldn't be allowed near any other business. Um, <laughs> not a good look. And the he, of course, is uh, inside the box founder uh, Blankarn. I don't recall his first name, but I do remember the last name because it's staring at me right here in front of the article. <laughs> not a... Uh... Not not a good look. I mean, you take people's money to deliver a product and then you take off of it. Your employees aren't getting paid. I mean, chances are that product's never coming. Right. We talked last week with Venger, and, you know, people philosophically agree or disagree with Venger, and that's part of the, the charm of he who is Venger Satanus. But uh, I think the one thing that everybody agrees with that, that he said is, you know, you're entrusting folks on Kickstarter with your dollar, whether it's $10, whether it's a $5,000 project, whether it's a million dollars, like inside the box made collectively over all of their Kickstarters. Uh, There's a level of trust there and it's just bad. You know, if that trust is broken, I can't imagine buying another board game from them. Oh, wait, wait, no, there's a whole slew of people that would buy those fucking games. And that bird is the news. (laughs) Uh, it's, 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 there's one thing with being a good businessman. There's another thing in being a complete slime ball. Right, right. I mean, you know, there's, you know, it's the difference between, you know, uh, a good salesman and a con artist, you know? Yeah. And, and the line is sometimes very gray and very thin, but you know, you don't just, you got to do right, especially by the people that are working with you and for you, man. I, I, I can't think of, I mean, I would screw a lot of people, but I'm not going to screw my friends or my partners. So, geez. Ay, 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 ay. Hey, a successful Kickstarter that made it to the Nerd Cognito table. We've been talking about, someday we'll review a board game again. <laughs> right, right. Well, guess what? The day has come. The day has arrived. And uh, this was actually given to us by one of our listeners. Um, uh, we were kicking around, you know, the the idea, because we've been sort of using it as a gag. Hey, you know, someday there's not going to be this OGL thing, and we'll... Uh, We'll be able to actually, you know, review a board game again. And the ladies on Twitter latched onto that and put a tweet out and said, uh, what are you playing? What have you played within the last three months or that's reasonably new that the boys should take a look at? And one of those games that came across the Twitter machine was My Father's Work. Now, full disclosure, Mia sent me a list of four different games that she thought would would work out well for us. And I bought this knee-jerk entirely based on the theme. (laughs) Of course you did. I mean, you know, the theme is right up your alley. Mine, too, actually. I went in completely blind, which is not something that I typically do, A, with a board game, or B, with what I would consider to be a premium-priced board game. 
Right. Uh, anytime you go into three digits on a board game, uh, I didn't follow my own advice. I always say, you know, do your homework. And I didn't do my homework. I said, I'm having a shitty week. I'm going to have some retail therapy. And, and this is what happened. Um, I'm glad it happened. Uh, my father's work is a board game for two to four that plays pretty long. Our session clocked in at about four and a half hours, including setup and rules. Uh, box time on it is 180 minutes, so three hours, where you are the progeny, look at that, there's your $5 word, <laughs> of a mad scientist, and you are continuing your dear old pops and then grandfathers and then great-grandfathers work because the game plays over three rounds, which are each considered to be a generation passing uh, as far as time goes. So, right, I, I was going to say not not just progeny, but almost like a descendants type of uh, yeah deal. We played it with a full with the with the full Monty. We played it with four, so that probably had something to do with our extra long play time. Right, um, absolutely, people uh, needed time to think about what they were going to do on their turn and things like that. Consensus is the game plays best with three. Uh, folks at our table were split between saying we think it would play best with two or three. I was in the three camp. Uh, Dan was squarely in the two camp. Where did you fall? Uh, I said I could go either way on it. I could see it being faster with two, but with it being three, it's less of sort of a head-to-head -head competition. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting game. So it's exactly what you think. It is steeped in mystique and lore. It is an app-based board game. I'm going to put that out there first because some people really have a visceral negative reaction to app-based board games. There is always the possibility that the app just goes away one day and then you're stuck with some expensive fucking cardboard. Um, but uh, it's Renegade. I don't see them going away anytime soon. And it, it's well put together. Uh, the, the themes of the game are present everywhere. It's a combination game book and uh, worker placement uh, game. So the reason they went game book instead of actual board game board is purely for versatility. Um, I think the combinations that the game offers have a lot of replayability. It is scenario-based. Mm -hmm. But thanks to thanks to the app and the randomness of the app and the various combinations that there are that are out there for this game, I think it would be a long time before you played the same game twice. And Absolutely. Folks that uh, I've talked to have played it extensively and have said they've never had, had that happen. Uh, go ahead. I right. didn't mean to cut you off. Oh no, you're absolutely fine. And I was saying, at a, you know, at an average three-hour playtime, you know, it's not something that you're going to get out every day. But, you know, when you do play it, the chances of you running into the same scenario or the same issue, you know, over and over again, it's just not likely. Right. Players earn victory points by completing mad scientist experiments and helping or hindering the town. Uh, the game is is dark, but just tongue-in-cheek enough 
that it's not serious. Um, it, it definitely takes it uh, for what it is, and you relive the B-movie mad scientist at your table. It's a fun time. It leads to some some interesting conversation. <laughs> Um, I think I, I, I actually wrote down a quote from our game session, and you'll you'll remember this when I read it to you, Bert. Okay. Um, and this is me speaking as the wife of the mad scientist. You know what, Dan? I put up with a lot. Grave robbing, mystery folks coming in the house at all hours, but a moat? You built a moat? Um, <laughs> fuck you, Dan. I'm getting a divorce. Uh... Yeah, it, so that was the other thing that we didn't mention was that not only are you um, are you doing experiments and things like that, but you're also maintaining and upgrading the family manor. Right, the family estate uh, starts out as, I guess, as humble as a chateau estate could could start, and you, of course, build it up generation to generation to generation to be masterful with your laboratory down in the basement. Um, it's, it's, it's a fun, fun, fun game. Uh, the core mechanic is worker placement. Uh, you are putting your dudes out to places to do stuff or collect resources. Uh, doing stuff takes resources and resources takes workers. Uh, so at its core, it can be learned very quickly. There are a couple of quirky I don't want to say bad or fiddly rules, but forgettable rules that don't apply often enough to be memorable. So you do want to keep the, the rule book handy. You'll know that there's there's something to do with this, and you'll have to look it up. Just because it doesn't happen often enough for you to religiously remember it, especially on the first play. I think by play three, you would have it in the bag. Um, oh, Sure. Choices. There's a lot of choices. Uh, it's weighty for a worker placement game, uh, but we're not talking crazy Euro weighty. We're talking no. heavier than Waterdeep, but lighter than uh, Arc Nova. Right, and, and you can fo sort of focus your attention in different directions as far as, uh, you know, trying to achieve scoring and what you want to, you know, sort of focus your attention on. We, I, I think all of us played a little bit differently and, uh, you know, it just came down to whether you were scoring more points in game or scoring more points at end of game. Yep. I, I thought it was relatively balanced. I, I think the point swing, uh, at the end of the game was only about 20 points. Uh, on a game that scored or I want to say no one breached 130, so, um, twenty point range ain't bad as far as balance goes. Everybody always had something to do. Uh, the board and the cards looked fantastic. Uh, now, here's my caveat, right? We're playing with the first printing Kickstarter that had all of the bells and whistles. <laughs> right. I mean, those player boards were insanely you know, well-constructed and things like that. So it had individually weld player boards. It had components that were all metal coins, all metal components. The chemical jar was a little jar with a cork stopper in it. Um, those, I would imagine, if it goes to mass printing, and it's Renegade, so it very well could, uh, are probably going to be replaced with tokens. But given the quality level that, the cards are and that the board was even 
looking at the tokens from the Kickstarter version, I don't anticipate that to be a terrible thing. So right now, you know, I I don't think it's fair for me to say, unless you're going to chase the Kickstarter version, which you can do, um, Renegade did something pretty cool. Instead of sending all of their excess Kickstarters out into the wild, uh, they did hold back a considerable quantity, and you can get it from them uh, for less than you can get it from a reseller. Uh, it's uh, I don't know what it would be with shipping, but I can tell you it's going to be about 150 bucks, um, and that swings, right? Uh, I think list price on it it was like 120, 130, um, and then it's it's a beast. Okay. It's a big game. Uh, it also comes with custom molded game trays in the Kickstarter version. So how much of that would be preserved for retail printing? I don't know. I would assume with the investment in the, in an app for it, it's going to see a retail printing. And if you want the cool bells and whistles and great miniatures and amazing components, I would say get it now while it still can be gotten. Otherwise, you might be sad just from, you know, the insane board game collector avenue that you don't have those pieces yeah i mean you know if you're somebody if, if it's a game that you uh think that you're gonna love then it's worth worth that type of investment you know i uh i've gotten several board games and then when i've seen the kickstarter versions of those games you almost have a little buyer's remorse you know because oh the, i missed uh, all the cool shit <laughs> right you know all those those stretch goals and those awesome tokens and things like that. Do they make the gameplay any better? No, but they're still kind of cool. Right, they so make nice the experience have. at the table better. I, it, they really do because it's fun. It's it's fun. You're still going to have fun with, with the retail version. I don't even want to hazard a guess as to what the retail version is going to be if and when it prints. Um, right. I'm just going to say that uh, if Mad Scientists and Dark... Uh, I guess story and humor a little bit uh, intrigue you and you want a very, very well thought out worker placement game. Uh, this one might be up your alley. Buy it. So, uh, well, I'm saying buy it. Uh, Bert, what do you think? Own it, play it, or head for Z Hills? Um, I would say own it. In fact, the only, and this is a very minor thing and you're going to laugh, the only nitpick I had was when using the app and we got to a section where we had to read, there was often a delay before <laughs> it would start reading the voiceover. So we would start reading and then voiceover would start. And you couldn't tell if something was going to be read aloud by the app or if you had to read it. Yeah, it became a gag, though, by, by the time we were playing. Yeah, right. I do think that, that that's a that's a valid thing. You know, If it's going to be voiced, just put a little icon on the page so that you know that it's voiced. Right. And if it's not going to be voiced, um, you know to read the book. Um, yeah, it's it's on the higher end of the price spectrum, higher than games we usually like to, to review here. Uh, but certainly, uh, I liked it a lot. Uh, Me too. I, I haven't really had a new it. game that I liked a lot in a long time. So You mean because you won? <laughs> no, not even... It was close, man. I the entire game, uh, Bert was was way out ahead. I really thought I was playing for second until the last turn, and I said I might have a run at this. 
and I took my best shot. So, and it was good enough. It was good enough. You, I went. You went to first, and I went to second. Well, I, I, I legitimately, I was playing for second until the last turn of the last round. So uh, that's that's how close and and sort of riveting the game was. and it shows you that what you do, not necessarily on the map, but on your board, does count, too. So oh, absolutely. It wasn't one of those things where you felt that your stuff that you were doing was a poor investment. I definitely made no. some mistakes uh, when we were in that first generation while, while we were all learning the game. That definitely cost me some points. I could have blown you away, Bert, without <laughs> those mistakes. Um, we'll see you next time, Ryan. <laughs> we will. We will, because I have a feeling we will be playing it again in the near future. So I uh, certainly would. I, I'm definitely an own it as well. Good game. Good game. Good job, Renegade. Uh, also, you know, ordering direct from Renegade, they got it out to me in less than a week. So that was that was that was awesome too. Right, I mean, we were we were getting ready for board game night, and you're like, "Guess what came in already?" Yeah, yeah. I, I I was not expecting it at all. For uh, legitimately, I was worried that it was going to come in not this week but next week, and I am out of town for business next week, so I was on pins and needles hoping that the boss wasn't going to get that box. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, it's it's definitely a good game. Well, that is it. We we did get to finally talk about something other than the OGL, which is a good thing, Bert. Very, very good thing. I think it's time we should wrap up. Make sure before we say adieu that you are subscribed to the podcast provider of your choice. Uh, you're listening to us at a podcast provider, so smash the subscribe button right now. Don't forget, that way... Every new episode comes straight to your device. Also, follow those ladies at NerdCognito on the Twitter machine. They certainly appreciate it. I got nothing else. Uh, it, was, it was a fun little week. Uh, we got to take a step back from being entirely serious, but still talk about all sorts of nerdy good stuff. My name is Ryan David. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And welcome to our new listeners that are just now discovering the show over the last few weeks. Uh, we're glad to have you on board, and we will talk at you next week. Be safe out there, everybody.